I want to invite you to pray with me. Let's pray. Jesus, we have come to sing our praises to you, to thank you for busting out of the grave, for coming alive so that we could come alive. So we pray today, God, that you would do that, that you would bring our hearts back to life, that you would um, resurrect us. (laughs) Thank you for bringing your church back to life. Thank you for giving us your grace and your mercy and forgiving us of all our sins and doing all that was necessary so that we could live and breathe and move and have joy. So give us the joy that comes, God, from those who proclaim that Jesus is alive. Help and heal our hearts. For those of us that are in places of fear and doubt and even great sadness right now, God, we pray that you would do what only you can do. We join our voices together now and pray the prayer Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer. I invite you to pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Easter. It's so, so good to see you and welcome you to Providence Church. Um, Those who are joining us online, we're so thankful that you are taking this moment to worship with us. My name is Jacob Armstrong. We welcome you uh, to Providence. We're so, so glad that you are here. I get to tell you the greatest story ever. (laughs) I'm just so honored to be able to share these words with you from John chapter 20. Uh, When I get to the end, I'm going to say this is the word of God because that's what we believe. It's the word of God for the people of God. And I'll invite you to say back, thanks be to God. You don't have to remember it. It'll be up on the screen. It's just sort of a warning that it's coming. And then I'm going to say Christ is risen. And I want you to say he is risen indeed. Okay. John chapter 20, verse 1 says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been placed around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who'd reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. She wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, 
Why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him. I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him, cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen. This phrase that you just said is probably the oldest Christian greeting in the world, meaning it's been said as far back as people can find Christians on Easter uh, morning would gather and see each other or see each other on the road and somebody would say, Christ is risen and somebody else would say, he is risen indeed. It probably comes from a different version of that story, the resurrection story in Matthew when Mary looks at the angel and she, in the tomb and he says, he's not here, he's risen. Now go and tell the others he is risen. So probably the first thing that a Christian ever said was on Easter morning going to find the other disciples and it was Mary who said, he is risen. And they were probably like, huh? Right? (laughs) But over the next few days, Jesus began to show up to them. And so this statement became reality to them. They would say, Christ is risen. And the other one would say, he's risen indeed. I, I saw him. I touched him. I ate fish with him. And so they began to say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. That became what Christians would say. I went and looked up the word indeed because it's not one I use all that often. Indeed is a word used to emphasize a statement confirming something already suggested, which is kind of what we need to do with each other right now. When we say Christ is risen, you need somebody else to say, yes, I believe that too. You know, uh, Christ is risen he is risen indeed. What we're doing is we're confirming that in the heart of another. We're affirming that to each other. This kind of crazy belief that this guy who walked the earth a long time ago did not stay dead in the grave. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Last Thursday night, I left. We have a worship service on Thursday, and I left as quick as I could to get to Wilson Central High School. That's where my daughter Mary is a senior, and they were having the senior dance uh, show. And Mary's danced all four years, and at the senior dance show, the seniors get to dance a solo, and they also, each senior choreographs the dance for all the other dancers. It's a big deal, and I did not want to miss it. Uh, Mary, though, my daughter, tore her ACL in November, had surgery in December, so she has not been able to dance. But she hasn't missed a practice. She wouldn't be dancing a solo that night, but she had choreographed a dance, and it was going to be the closing number, which made me think, probably the best. And so uh, I got there as the intermission was happening and I came in and I sat down in the dark and my heart began to calm and I watched all these girls that we've watched grow up dance, but I was waiting for that last dance. And before the last dance, I heard Mary's voice over the speaker. She got to announce her dance and she said, this is my dance. She said, I tore my ACL my senior year in high school and my dance is about perseverance. It's about not giving up when something unexpected happens to you. And the girls came out and danced. It was a great dance. I was so proud. But at the end, they were kind of lined up single file going to the back and I didn't know it was gonna happen. And Mary was in the back of the line. And when it came to the front, she stood there, this surprise cameo and my family cheered. 
But do you know what? Parents, y'all might be able to relate to this. I looked up at Mary at that moment, standing up on the stage in the Wilson uh, Central Theater, and I looked at her and I honestly thought, I thought, is that Mary? Could that really be her? You see what I'm saying? I was like, is that really Mary? Is that really Mary, the one that Rachel and I, we built, you know, built a crib for in our first house? Is that really Mary? We used to say when Mary was born, we'd sit around and look at Mary and we'd say, what did we do before Mary? You know? <laughs> is that really Mary? I thought, is that really Mary, the little girl who cried every day her first semester of kindergarten? Is that really Mary, the girl who struck out every time her first nine games of softball? And we sat there and we sat there because on the stage, she was strong and confident and 18 good grief. I turned to Phoebe, her little sister. I said, is that Mary? She said, it is Mary indeed. <laughs> she didn't say that. that. She didn't say that. She didn't say that. That's a, that's a pastor thing. We make stuff up sometimes at the end of the, at the, end of the story. But you see what I'm saying? I needed somebody to confirm that moment for me to say, yeah, that really is who you think it is. And here's the deal, guys. Life goes by really fast. I learned that this year. I learned this year that life is really precious. And so I'm not gonna mess around in this service today. I'm gonna tell you the greatest thing you can ever hear. I'm gonna tell you the thing that is the great indeed for every hope of your heart because every person in this room and every person watching online is gonna face some moment in their life when the only thing they will need is the resurrection of Jesus. It's the only thing and nothing else will matter. You're gonna face some things in your life, some more indeeds. It's gonna be like, is mom really gone? Mom is gone indeed. You know? The doctor's gonna say, say, doctor, did you say cancer? And he's gonna say, I said cancer indeed. You're still struggling with depression after all these years? Indeed I am, right? You're, uh, you know, these last two years have really worn you out, haven't they? I am worn out indeed. I thought about putting that one on the screen, right? We could just all say it together. I am worn out indeed. Your daughter's 18, bro. She is 18 indeed. And here's what I think, guys. I think for the people in that first story that it was not any different for them, their experience of life than what we are experiencing right now, that things move fast and they need help and they're like, what's happening? Is this really happening? These first followers of Jesus were normal people, some fishermen who gave up their nets and boats to follow Jesus, tax collectors who left their booths to follow Jesus, men who were pushed out of their community, who found a community in Jesus, women who were scorned by their family, who found a family in the family of God. And people were like, are you telling me you're Given up everything to go follow that Jesus of Nazareth? And they said, yes, indeed I am. And they found themselves in Jerusalem in this very important week, the feast of the Passover. And on Sunday, it was an amazing Sunday when Jesus entered the city. Jesus came in on a donkey and everybody said, he's the king. And they waved their palm branches. And it was this great moment. And the disciples stood together and they're like, is that Jesus on the donkey? And they're like, that is Jesus indeed. That's our guy. It was amazing. But as that week went on, those same people who'd been crying out, Hosanna, save us king, became another group of people that were saying, crucify him, kill him. And the disciples, his friends gave him over. They said they didn't even know him. They said they didn't recognize him. They said they didn't want to have anything to do with him. And we could pile on and criticize, but guys, they were just like us. They find themselves saying one thing on Sunday and another thing on Friday. And they were standing in the crowd and they saw Jesus up on the cross giving his life, but they didn't know he was giving his life. They just thought he was dying. And they had to look at each other and think, is that Jesus up on the 
a cross and the crowd says, it is Jesus indeed. And he gave up his life and the disciples scattered. And there's this one verse that I want to show you uh, today. It's sort of a, a throwaway verse, but I think it's really important. And it says this, it says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. I'm going to just shorten it for you. This is what I want you to see. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. There she was, right? In the 12th row, standing there looking at her son. Now you have to understand the heart of Mary and the journey that she's had with this little boy that was born to two unwed parents in Bethlehem in the midst of a census when the city teemed with people, but there were shepherds who were keeping their flocks and the angels showed up and said, the little boy born in Bethlehem to Mary is the Messiah. And the scripture says that all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds spread the first news about Jesus, a baby born in Bethlehem. But Mary, look at it, it says, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. There's another moment 12 years later where Jesus is in Jerusalem during the feast of the Passover. He's 12 years old and Jesus' parents lose him for three days. They lose him for three days and they wonder, where is he? And finally, they find him in the temple. He's teaching like one of the great teachers. He has an authority that they can't understand. And it says, everyone who heard was amazed at his understanding and answers. But listen to what it says about Mary. It says, his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Fast forward 20 years from that moment to again, the feast of the Passover. They are in Jerusalem and Mary is standing there 20 years of pondering and treasuring about this boy. And she looks up on the cross and it's her boy. It's her child on the cross. Is that my son on the cross? It is Jesus indeed. And here's the deal, guys. Every one of us are going to come to some moments in our lives where we've been treasuring something and pondering something, and it's not going to go the way you thought it would go. You're going to face some things in your life that feel so broken and so separated from your hopes and dreams. It may be a child that you have pondered and treasured it may be a marriage that you've pondered and treasured. It may be a dream that you've pondered and treasured. And you're, you're gonna, we all will face these moments and, and the child or the relationship or the dream will be seemingly lost. There was another who was standing at the cross of Jesus. Her name was Mary Magdalene. We we're told that she was saved from seven devils, whatever that meant. Some of us are like, I know what that means. And she was saved from seven devils. And Mary Magdalene became one of the most famous followers of Jesus. She's mentioned 12 times in the gospels, more than almost all of those, any, other, any of those other guys. And Mary Magdalene was standing at the cross watching Jesus die. And then three days later, the same amount of days that Mary and Joseph lost Jesus in Jerusalem. Three days later, it's Mary Magdalene who goes to the tomb because she's grieving. She's not going to find a miracle. She's going, you've been there, right? When your heart is breaking and you're like, what do I do with myself? Where do I go? And so she goes to the graveyard. And when she comes to the tomb of Jesus, this large stone that had been placed in the front has now been moved out of the way. She can't even go look. She goes and gets Peter and John and brings them back they go in and look and they see grave clothes lying in there and the, it's empty and they're just like, oh my goodness, this week that started out so good and then got bad has now just gotten worse and Peter and John leave, but Mary stays. The scripture says she stays and cries. And it's then that she gets the sense that someone is behind her. She supposes it's the gardener and she says, if you've taken the body, tell me where and I'll go and get him. And then she turns to look at him and she does not recognize him. And then the supposed gardener says, Mary. I don't know if you ever had a moment where you're seeing somebody 
who you've known a long time, but they've changed, they've grown, they're different. And you're like, is that who I think it is? But when Jesus says, Mary, Mary knows that it is Jesus. It is Jesus indeed. And she wraps her arms around him to see if he's really alive. And he is. And in that moment, the resurrection of Jesus becomes reality to one person and becomes reality to the world. The resurrection of Jesus the Christ is the singular moment in human history. It is the marker for all of human history, whether you believe it or not. If you, if you look, you're like, think about it, your life, every life in here is dated by the resurrection of Jesus. Whether you're born in 1943 or 1972 or 2005, your life is connected by the date to the resurrected one. And every history lesson you've learned is either post the resurrection of Jesus or pre the resurrection of Jesus. There are now 2.4 billion people on this earth who say that they believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's more than all the people in China, plus all the people in Europe, plus all the people in the United States. It's the largest religion, movement, organization that the world has ever seen. And it is not because Jesus was a great teacher. And it's not because Jesus sure could tell a story. And it's not because Jesus fed a crowd. And it's not because some sick people were healed, though he did all those things. And it's not because Jesus overthrew a government. And it's not because Jesus wielded power in the ways of the world. And it's not because Jesus amassed riches. And it's not because he erected statues and towers with his name on it. It's because he was resurrected from the grave. It's because, because Jesus didn't stay dead. And the reason that's so important is because at some point in your life, all of us realize that there's a problem. There's a problem. The problem of sin and brokenness. My sin and brokenness, yours and the world's. And we realize in this life that we need something. Every person comes to some place where they cry out and they say, would you save this God? Would you save me? And God says, indeed, I have. He made the one who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf. And that sin was nailed to the cross. And Jesus shouted on the cross and conquered sin and death once and for all. And in that moment, we see that there's no amount of studying up that's gonna save us. There's no amount of living a good life. There's no amount of church attendance that's gonna save us. There's only one thing that saves us, and that's the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection. It's the truth. It's the truth. And that means the Bible says that if you believe that happened, if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. And so if you're wondering, like, does that mean I can be forgiven? Pastor, you don't know all I've done? The answer is indeed. You're like, does that mean that my heart could come alive again? It feels so dead inside. Indeed, it can. Does that, does that mean there's hope for me? Yeah, that's exactly what it means. That means Jesus can take away my shame? Yes, 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 indeed. Jesus wants to work a miracle in your life. 
And all you have to do is believe. Believe that God raised him from the dead. Here's a promise I can give you. Life goes by really fast. It's really precious. And it seems like things can change, you know, at the, at the blink of an eye. But there's one thing that you can count on. There's one thing that will never change. And it's this. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us pray. Oh God, we are in awe at the power of the resurrection. And now God, I just pray a simple prayer. We pray a prayer, God, telling you that we want you here. We want you in our lives. And we uh, ask God that you would save us. And so I just allow every heart in here to ponder if you wanna say yes to Jesus right now. If you know you're a sinner and you believe that Jesus can forgive you, or if you wanna step into belief today, <laughs> and believe that Jesus is resurrected, I just invite you in your heart to say yes to Jesus. Just say yes. Ask him to come and help you. Ask him to save you. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In Jesus' name, amen.